feel after a couple of glass of bubbles? You're confident, you're self-assured, and you're ready to take on the world? Imagine if you had the strength and awareness to do that when the buzz wears off. I'm Heidi Anderson, author, former radio host, and CEO of my own company, and this podcast is about building your confidence by stepping outside your comfort zone. Welcome to Champagne Confidence. Ava, welcome from Spanda School. I I have to be honest with everyone. This is the <laughs> second time we're recording this, and you messaged me and you were like, you know, was there something wrong with the audio? Or And I was like, actually, it was me. And one thing that I was on when I was going back and listening to episodes, I do swear and I'm a swearer, but in that episode, I was getting so triggered by all my F-bombs that just seemed to be there in unnecessary places mm-hmm. that I was like, do you know what? This is such a powerful chat. I, I, I was like, if I'm getting triggered by my own F-bombs, then other people probably are too. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's so- a very brave of you to share that. Well, you know, it's something that like, I guess when you want to grow in this space, which podcasting is something I want to keep stepping into having, you know, a TV radio career. I love being in, in, in front of the microphone. Now it doesn't mean that I'm being inauthentic. I'm just being conscious of how many times I drop a big old F-bomb. Yeah. 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 It talking about salary retreats. Yes. Well, we're going to talk about the silent retreat, but I want to get to know you first, which is something that we kind of changed within the podcast as well. So can you tell us who you are? So if you were to describe Ava, um, you know, for for people to get to know you, can you tell us who you are first up? Yeah, sure. I mean, who I am is, is changing um, all the time. I am yeah, have recently, I guess, well, almost nine months ago, fallen pregnant. So Ava is changing <laughs> physically and yes, energetically in many ways. Um, but to be honest, in many ways, the pregnancy has just been an extension of a journey that I've been on for for such a long time. Um, so yeah, my name's Ava. I'm Canadian born. People always wonder about the accent, but have lived in Australia for um, almost 20 years. And um, a lot of people know me through a yoga center that I run here in Western Australia called Spanda School. And um, we focus a lot on meditation. And even the offering of the of the studio has evolved um, Mm. over the years. And actually, the idea of um, spiritual offerings evolving has been something that I've become really passionate about. Um, to be willing to throw away um, things that don't work and aren't functional and to really take a good look at, um, yeah, what what we've adopted from even our spiritual and alternative systems. You know, we're very quick to question what we've adopted from mainstream mm. media and mainstream education but we're more reluctant to question what we've adopted from our from our gurus and from um, the alternative systems, whether it's like personal development or Tony Robbins or health things, um, you know, we're, we're more reluctant to have discernment in those areas. So a lot of my work has um, started to branch into, um, yeah, I guess, discernment and function functionality. And um, it actually came from a, a few years ago, I had a pretty big mental health breakdown crisis. And I was like, what? been teaching for 10 years. I'm the leader of a community. I have a studio 
and really, and, you know, and have been running silent retreats and guiding people through journeys. What, and I didn't take it like I'm a failure. I was like, but this is something that needs to be looked at. And from that, really, um, I started to look at what are these, like what, what undermined all of my strength and all of my stability? What did that to me? And really got to the root of some kind of wow. key issues. And what were they? Um, so basically it was um, complex stress or complex trauma. So um, deep patterns of um stress, insecurity, anxiety that were so deep um, that I wasn't even aware of them. And, you know, they become that water that you're, or the air that you're breathing. And I didn't realize that actually on a day-to-day basis, all my tools that I had learned were helping me to manage, Mm. you know? Wow. they, They weren't helping me to see, to access or to resolve um, the, the complex trauma, you know, and that's a whole topic on its own, like not, not one thing. It wasn't one car accident or one sexual abuse experience. Um, it was actually all of the misattunements between my biology and the environment at critical stages of my development that, you know, led to me being, um, Having like to me, trauma just means a limit limited capacity to regulate against the you know the present moment. So wow. So That's and crazy. I'm just living in that, you know. Yeah. And I think we, you know, we all are to to varying degrees. Um, but yeah, I had like a real crash and burn experience, which you know, like I'm I know we're similar in that way. It's like all or nothing, and we're we're so yeah. full on that even that our breakdowns are so transformational Mm. as we're so full on. Yeah. (laughs) Engaged, you know, with whatever we're doing, you know, so like half in, half out. I I love how you just described that as well, because I think for me, this is exactly where I'm at the moment, understanding myself on such a deeper level. And I think, but this podcast started out to be, you know, to have conversations, to be tools. And right in the middle of this podcast, this passion project, I went even deeper. And so for some people, what you're saying might just go straight over their head because it's like, whoa, 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 what even is that? Because we're so distracted by ourselves that we have no idea how deep these layers are. So If you do want to follow Ava, she has an incredible podcast where it's called Functional Spirituality and it literally just dives in in real like quick, simple, you know, not long episodes where you can start to understand and another another thing that I've been doing is reading the book Do the Work by um, the holistic psychologist, which she talks all about the things that you're discussing yeah. as well, especially for first timers. If you're like, what? Oh my God. Like, what, what, what do you mean? My tools like are not going to work. Like seeing psychologists, coaching, all these different things, meditation yeah. and everything. It's like literally understanding ourselves on a whole different layer. So mm. I love that you started the podcast like this. So good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you said like people are you know, if people are distracted and they might not be in touch with what I'm saying, but it's like, I was also like that. And I wasn't distracted, but I was distracted by all of my spiritual tools and all my meditation that were helping me to manage. Um, and then, yeah, the idea of functional spirituality is that there is a part of spiritual practice 
that is about bypassing that material Mm -hmm. and connecting to peace and presence and uplifting yourself and cultivating and awakening and inspiring. And it's actually totally different from the part of our spiritual practice that is about going into connecting, feeling, um, and resolving that stress. So in spiritual practice and in healing and like in our whole, yeah, healing, religion, spiritual um, systems, they're conflated as one. Mm. Very few people talk about how they're different processes entirely. So um, all my tools were about helping me to bypass that material and connect to something better, but you still have to resolve that stuff or it will come and you you have to at some point resolve that material. I think as a parent, especially like I know you're on this parenting journey, um, but for me, it's like actually reparenting myself, which has been huge. Okay. And Grufo and I um, actually talk about it a lot on our other podcast, First Time Parents. Yep. And we, you know, like I've had, uh, like I've looked, because it's coming out in, you know, my day to day and it came out in my business and it came out, you know, one of the reasons why I went and saw you in the first place for, you know, the silent retreat was because these different ways, you know, different like anxieties and reactions and anger and all these different things were coming out. And, you know, I've had to learn to reparent myself which has been huge this year mm-hmm. how did you how did you learn that what kind of oh my god I'm still a work in progress like don't get me wrong but I think it's it's being open to knowing that that anger that I might have at Memphis in the moment isn't necessarily what's going on now it's like yes. you know you know what happened maybe when I was a child and like it's going really deep, as you said. And like, I just listened to podcasts. I started doing a a program at the start of this year that was all about mindset and manifestation, but they make you look at your, you know, your inner child and your young self. And yeah, like, I think, you know, you automatically go to parent how your parents parented. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's a, like you said, how you react to Memphis in the present moment is not actually due to what's happening in the moment, but it's, you're bringing your system, your system is being brought into the moment and your system is conditioned from the past. And sometimes it's really relevant to find out what an experience was that you had. Like sometimes that can be the doorway into your system, but Mm. you don't, you don't need to trace back to a root memory. You actually just need to feel what you're bringing. Yeah. And sometimes like if you, people can focus on like trying to access a memory from this life or a past life or trying to find the root as if it was an experience. But very often that's like, that's not what we need to connect to. We need to connect to what is here in the present moment that we're bringing in from the past. So like following a thread into the past is a bit of an outdated approach in my opinion, but it's like feeling what you feel now, like you're only going to resolve it in the present moment. Mm. Your access to it is only in the present moment. Otherwise it's just an imagination and we create stories and then it's blame. And it's, you don't want to get entangled somewhere that's not here. You want to, if there is a memory, which can be very, helpful as a key to connecting to what 
<clears throat> you're feeling here now, but in the end you have to resolve it here now in your nervous system right now. Like that's where it is. Doesn't well, matter what it Yeah, that's been a big thing, like understanding my nervous system and, you know, always coming from a place of fight or flight or, you know, run, you know, hide, like whatever they all are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, and, you know, understanding that and then, you know, really just, you know, emotions were big from my dad when I was little, but I then have feel a lot of shame when I have emotions. So teaching Memphis to have emotions which he does have big fucking emotions and I'm like great I brought this out but it's but it's me you know that's learning that as well so mm-hmm. yeah it's like allowing myself to have the big emotions too and feel in the moments and and and, and you know be kind and compassionate which is what self-care and everything is all about that we don't talk yep. about it's like the you know totally. the the way we speak it, speak about ourselves. Okay, so Arva's doing some breathing on a ball currently right now. I'm like, shit, is she going into labor? Am I going to have to deliver this baby with you? <laughs> Guide me through it. <laughs> oh, God, girl. My, I don't know if my um, nervous system's ready for this. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm fine. I got a couple of weeks to go still, apparently. I don't think, I think, I think I've got at least a week. It's, I'm 37 in a bit right now, but I think I've got at least a week before. Yeah, she's not fully like um, engaged and all of that stuff. We're not having a baby today. Okay. (laughs) Um, Well, I love just that chat around it in general. But like I said, I want to, I want to, I've got some other questions for you. What's your current state of mind in this expose yourself quiz that I run with everyone? Mm -hmm. Um, What is your current state of mind? Oh, it's funny. I I feel guilty um, in answering the question that you just asked, like, I feel, I feel a, a, a flavor of that because I feel so um, confident, relaxed and resourced in my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just such a privilege to, to experience that, you know, half of it, it's something that I worked so hard for and created with my own with the resources that I've been given. And then, you know, the other half is life, you know, also just offering blessings. So I feel real. The the question was, what's my state of mind? So yeah, really, really confident. um, Yeah. Overwhelmingly at peace. And this is with, this is with pregnancy or in life in general? At this point in my, in my journey and in my life. And, you know, so I've got the pregnancy as well. Um, and um so that's a, such a big exciting journey but where i am inside that as well is like yeah fully ready confident for that um so yeah i'm feeling really good about about everything oh my god <laughs> i love that so much and this is the thing it's like it's achievable peace yeah you know is i wasn't a- like this for a long time you know with that crash yeah. And after I crashed, I just kept going down. I was like, I'm going to go as dirty as this can be and as dark as this can get for as long as it needs to be because I don't deserve, you know, just so. Um, Releasing it and like working and sitting in the shit, which a lot of people yeah. choose not to do because it's scary. We also don't know how to do it, mm-hmm. you know, to actually sit in the depths on, yeah. you know, on purpose because we know that it's going to be. Yeah, we know that it's going to be transformational. So, which I think leads us into our next question: What's your favorite emotion? Mm, 
Um, I'm right away. I think about like a positive one. Um, yeah, it's probably something that's more like, um, okay, maybe is this an emotion mystical? Mystical? Like, yeah, I think, I think <laughs> the thing is we kind of just have basic emotions that we all understand and there's so many levels of emotions and so many out there, but mystical. Yeah. So what does mystical mean to you? So like, yeah, like relaxed, but connected to something, um, you know, transcendent or like, um, not, yeah, like almost paranormal, but, you know, just something just outside the brink of reality, not too far. Yeah, just just something just you know when you feel like that presence and connection like even you know when you're on retreat in the forest and you're just like this is incredible you know so you're connected to nature you feel like there's a higher you know you've got that higher um being or you know with you yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. you're aware on that other level um what did you say connected to nature yeah it definitely comes from nature like every every um, image I was getting was about being in nature and just feeling that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I've not had mystical before. So I'm, I, I, you know, that's a bloody good one. Um, what about, I was thinking of how to word this question because I haven't asked it. It's like celebrating a failure. What, what main mainstream most people would say is that it was a was failure but it was actually a win you know because it's like fabulously failing like do you have a standout moment where you 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 what most people would be like oh that's a failure or you even said it was a failure but it ended up being this ginormous epic win um so try to think of a time when this has happened yeah Um, I like right away, I think about my relationships, you know, those are the hardest, um, where I most feel like I've failed, you know, or I most get that feeling. Cause like you said, it's not really a failure. It's all just this perception and then it changes. And, but that's where I really feel failure inside myself. Like I haven't done good enough. Am I doing something wrong? Um, And it's just in that moment, you know, it's just that particular type of trauma that I have that to to feel like, oh, why, why wasn't I able to, you know, win this? Mm. And um, yeah, and then realizing, oh, okay, it was just part of this (laughs) bigger storyline. So yeah, the probably the most significant relationships that I have in my life are with my partner, and then with my staff. Oh, and now, and now Jasmine. And now Jasmine, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. And, you know, that for me is like where constantly I'm up for the battle of, you know, the story of I'm a shit mom, you know, and that comes up a lot. And, you know, yeah, especially in the toddler years. But it's interesting reflecting, especially when you meet people and you start talking about that are just about to give birth and everything. And I'm like, wow, I was so hard on myself those first few months as, as a new mum. And, you know, that's something that I think many women go through and you're going to go through yes. your own experience and, you know, experience it for yourself in whatever way it is. But yeah, it's like, we are so hard on ourselves and reflecting back, I'm like, Fuck these, you know, I have a- amazing tools 
I just think about these women who don't have those amazing tools, you know, and I think, oh, we're just so hard on ourselves. And it is so hard, you know, so we already have a tendency to be hard on ourselves if things, you know, if there's any reason to, and then it's so hard, you know, we're so, it's again, just like that we're not, what we need isn't attuned to the environment and the the Mm. system system we live in and the family systems we live in and you just given this you know and even the the hospital and the birth system and people have a disempowering experience through their birth process and then they're just like it you know it really affects the way that those first months play out yeah yeah so common so so common so common so what are your birth wishes birth wishes yeah um <laughs> Instead of birth plan, yeah, 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 no, I've got a birth manual. To be honest, <laughs> oh my god, you've got the manual. I love it. What's your birth manual then? Well, you know, it starts out with the objectives, and it's really it's for um my birth support people, which is my partner, and then we have a doula as well. Um, so yeah, how the things you know how I want the space to be prepped, um. And what kind of support I anticipate that I might enjoy during contractions and then between them. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm going for like quite a sensual, um, if not erotic kind of birth. Like I really Ooh. feel like <laughs> um, <laughs> as well as mystical, like I, I want to. Yeah you know, when there's so much energy and so much, so much intensity, those kinds of experiences, I think have a lot of potential. Um, and I think sexuality is a, is a very big, um, like an alchemist with energy, you know, so, cause something that can be very painful in sexuality or like I've, I've in my experience with my own sexuality, it's been much more of like a, um, mystical tool than being about anything else to be honest it's been yeah. about transforming and feeling and like going into alternate states so um I feel like yeah my partner's been primed I'm like you're gonna need to do stuff to me <laughs> oh my gosh do you know what and this is the thing because a lot of women I've heard actually have orgasms when they're birthing sometimes yeah really a lot maybe not a lot but I've heard a few and so first-hand experiences you've heard yeah I I I mean not me it definitely wasn't sexual it was very clinical emergency c-section um but from I remember my radio days when we used to get people to call in with stories yeah and there was women that you know have orgasmed whilst giving birth so mm-hmm. is that the plan for you um probably not like to have an orgasm <laughs> while giving birth but to um use pleasure like at mm. definitely between contractions and use pleasure in general to like connect to my body mm. um you know like sexuality work and embodiment and pleasure work not necessarily like G-spot orgasms and cervical orgasms and like, you know, yoni work, <clears throat> but in general, like pleasure and embodiment work is being a huge part of my um, um, journey. 
I have, it has come through in like the studio and the teachings like a little bit, but we kind of keep things just a bit more PG <laughs> PG at the studio. You know, it's the studio isn't just me. So you yeah. know, it can't just be the crazy things I want to do all the time. <laughs> a little bit, but not all the time. Um, so yeah, it's just been a big part of my journey. So I think, yeah, maybe not like, oh, my baby's coming out. I'm like having this orgasm, but like, um, and I'm not laughing at like that situation. I'm just laughing at your expressions as you're on the ball, like, oh. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, um, incorporating pleasure, um, yeah. And like, I just feel like the, the birth experience, like the labor and all of that to me, I'm just really excited about it. Like it's all the stuff I love, like so much presence, no one's allowed to be not present and everyone has to be like fully there and, and meeting this experience and like so much embodiment and so much interiorization and all of the ritual pieces. And like, I know so many, like, I know that like the, these are my birth wishes, right? Mm. Like it could be something crazy, you know, could happen. Um, but I've also really explored every thread of doubt and fear. And um, what are all of the things that could go wrong? Mm. And when it comes down to it, there are very few things that could actually go wrong because I'm I'm in the home birth program. So through the hospital, they set you up and, yeah. and I'm in the hospital basically comes to you in the form of a midwife to deliver your baby. And they are so um, risk averse, like so sensitive to risk that there's already someone there so worried in, in any way, ready to take this home birth away from me that I already know the head, you know, it's not too big and there's, there's just nothing. Yeah. Um, to, to freak out about. Freak out about in advance. Like everything's being screened so tightly so that in the moment, the only thing that could really go wrong would be that somehow the baby is not able to get into the right position. Mm-hmm. It ends up being too hard. I get spent and I just can't do it. Um, and I think that would be, I think that's the only possible thing that could actually go wrong from, from this point. Yeah. Um, so knowing what the risks are, like the cords wrapped around its neck, like all these other things are just, these are things that I've investigated that are not actually issues. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Spoken and, to the midwife and they're like, no, this is not a problem. Breach. She's like, it's not a problem, but the baby's in the right position, but Yeah. Yeah. And this is the thing. It's like that trust. You've built that trust within yourself. And you, like you said, the self-belief. And I think that's what so much about champagne confidence is about is it's that inner trust and self and, you know, within yourself. And I think I, I love that so much because so many of us spend so much time thinking about the worst case scenarios, so then we don't do it. And, you know, this is something that you want and you desire. And so, yeah, I'm excited. I actually want to get you back after you've had the baby. <laughs> Story of what happened. Yes, part two. What happened? Did you get all erotic? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yes, that's really interesting that you say that because it's only really come into my awareness in this um, um, <clears throat> topic of birthing about how confidence and how doubt gets so amplified and turns and and can absolutely create a traumatizing experience. But then with champagne confidence, it's like, 
well, that's actually happening on a daily basis, but in a more mild form, we're willing to overlook it. Like it's so extreme in the birthing space, yeah. such an intense experience, but it can actually just be perpetuating your trauma and derailing your purpose and your life on a daily basis to have that, mm. that doubt. And it can be so empowering to have, to cultivate that confidence. Yeah. So how do you cultivate confidence? Oh, it's, that's actually, um, a huge part of my work is confidence mm. um, because like it's almost a synonym or really connected to the idea of safety. And um, there's so many spaces where we feel um, where we don't actually have confidence. And I especially consider it in terms of a facilitator. So for years I was facilitating really big spaces like the silent retreat and even bigger kind of like programs and stuff. Mm. And I didn't realize that the confidence was um, surface and kind of manufactured from just managing my insecurities. Yeah. So to me, confidence is um, not something that um, I put focus on Uh, maybe the tiniest bit. I would focus on actually cultivating confidence, but it's mm-hmm. really about resolving the insecurities, you know, mm-hmm. like the yes. things that are undermining. Like if I can feel like I know what I'm doing, I have a clear framework, what I'm teaching makes sense. I'm not worried about outcomes. I'm not, you know, out of balance with expectations. Um, and I really... Like I'm not, I don't have all of these kind of insecurities of like, I'm out of alignment with what I'm offering um, and who I am mm-hmm. and how to be, you know, if it's like going, going to a, um, an event and wanting to feel confident there, like you can't just manufacture it. You need to look at like, why, what is it about that space that doesn't feel safe to me? And then it's a long game. Confidence is a long game of like really working through those insecurities for me. You know yes. What I mean? Oh, 100%. And, you know, this is a big thing I talk about, especially in my new book, Drunk on Confidence, how for years I wore the mask. You know, when I was performing, I was going in and it was fake confidence there. It was when I was going into a room, I'd lube up with the champagne, you know, so that I, I, you know, cause that made me feel confident and it's been doing this work and exposure therapy is a big one that I talk about and exposing myself to the judgment of other people, the opinions of other people, but also the negative self-talk within myself and how can I expose that? And that's by doing actually the work, like going to the beach, if I'm scared of the beach, okay, well, let's go there. Let's confront it. You know, that's a big thing, how I choose to build it, but it doesn't happen overnight, like you said. And I hear so many people say like, you know, fake it till you make it. And I used to say that, but that only gets you so far. Yeah. (laughs) That's, um, I was just looking at um, reviewing over a landing page for something we're doing next year. And there's like this line is like, do not, don't fake it till you make it. Yes. Because it's because with exposure therapy, like I'm sure you've spoken about it, you know, it's like, it's not just about confronting yourself. It's about confronting yourself the perfect amount that you can handle. Yes. Yeah. Cause it's not for everyone with the shit that I do, (laughs) but you, 
it's the amount that you can then adapt to. It's the amount that you can handle. So fake it till you make it is a, um, you might for some reason just hit a sweet spot, but it needs to be way more conscious. You need to contemplate, okay, I don't want to go to the beach. What? And then you like, you process that in your yes. attempts and in your process of going there, you don't just show up unconsciously and see what happens. You, you know, that's kind of the fake it till you make it where you just put them, you just put your blinders on, you just get in there and then you, and then you use maybe some unhealthy strategies to help you manage the discomfort, but it's like, what's an amount that I can do. And some of the bigger things that you do that would feel aligned for a lot of people and it wouldn't for other people. So it's not mm. a problem if the big, you have to find the step that is going to, yes. it feels scary, but good, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I want to talk about the silent retreat because that was a big moment for me, actually cultivating more confidence within myself and trust and belief and understanding of myself. And, you know, so many people laughed when I said that I was going to a silent retreat because, as you can tell, I like to talk. I have a lot of things to say. Um, and, you know, my big thing is, like, connecting with people and chatting. So to switch that off, people mm-hmm. were like, how are you going to do that? And I did it in the space of yourself and I felt so safe to just see what came up. And, you know, there was yoga, there was meditation, there was a lot of journaling, but I think the biggest thing that came up for me that has, you know, that shifted me this year was, believe it or not, the understanding of when you wake up in the morning, how many conversations you've already got going on in your mind. And then if you usually would go talk to someone and then they would validate the shit that you'd, you know, if you'd woken up and you felt like, oh, you know, um, I had such a shit sleep the first night and this and that. And, and then all of a sudden you're into this story and then it creates your mood. And then all of a sudden, you know, just from that conversation, you've got self-doubt going on. You've got all these different spirals that I think you can go on. For me, the biggest thing, what I realized is when I talk and wake up in the morning, the chatter going on in my head is wow, like that can literally change your entire day. And so for me to go inward at, you know, the silent retreat, I really started to understand the things that were holding me back because, like I said, just from general conversations in the morning that would create stories in my mind that then I would pass on to other people, it, yeah, it it was a big moment for me. Does that make sense? so much sense like I'm I don't I wonder if your audience because you know what you said theoretically makes sense but it just so deeply landed um as the as something that could what a huge insight because it's not just like what you said makes sense theoretically but to actually experience that Mm. these are huge that's a huge breakthrough um, that, ba- you know, when you start to see the workings of your mind and how it then affects your behavior and then yes. how it creates your reality, that's such a deep, look, I didn't speak about yeah, that. Yeah, you say that, you say that in a really <laughs> simple way. <laughs> okay, that's but, what happened to me. What you said summed up in one sentence. Yeah, like to have such a breakthrough insight like that. Um Because, you know, I didn't speak about that, but the silence, and that's how sometimes they say like the silence is like a medicine, you know, like Mm. 
plant medicines and stuff where you actually get these deep insights into the nature of your own reality. Yeah. Um, And you know what you said, it kind of makes sense. Like, yes, when you, there's so much, you wake up in the morning and there's so much mental material and then right away it gets externalized and reinforced. And then you start to live in mind material rather than feeling like slower and connected to your experience and being more questioning. And that's a, that's a huge, for me, that's also one of the biggest um, benefits and experiences I've ever had on silent retreat is to see the difference between what my mind is saying and also then just seeing that what, that the mind is just, it's just words and thoughts. Yes. And images. Like it's not the reality. It's this overlay. Um, and then we actually want to see it for what it is. It's an overlay. It's not the experience, but it starts to feed back into itself. And we start to live our experience in this overlay. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. And, and Dude, so many I people- can't believe you had that insight. That's just oh, like, I know. Well, <laughs> did I share that with you last time, but maybe I just couldn't get it out properly. And I think living day to day post the retreat, like I'm glad we've re-recorded this because things have kept, you know, happening. And so, so when I wake up in the morning now and I've had a, may have had a shit sleep or couldn't sleep or whatever, or even Griffo or Memphis or whatever, it's, I actually don't go into the story of it now. And it's like, I don't even, you know, I'm like, it doesn't even really matter how we slept. Like literally, you know, when Griffo says it, I'm like, yeah, you know, if I didn't, I'm like, yeah, but you know what? I got up and I journaled and this and that instead. And it's like, I've created a positive experience out of it. Yeah. And so living day to day. And then also a big thing for me has been turning my phone off at nighttime and then not switching it on till later in the, you know, later in the morning. And my big thing that like my big mantra that I swear by now is kiss a real human or connect with a real human before you connect to an email, to a social media, to anything else. And so it's those things that I know that because of I had that breakthrough at, you know, at the retreat, that then they've just started to trickle into my day. How important those 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 moments are in the morning. And I got that at the retreat. Cause I remember waking up the very first morning and both Emily and I, who slept next to each other, we both had the worst sleep, you know, and couldn't sleep. And like you, your mind's running hundred miles an hour. Like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, this is crazy. Like three more days of this, what the hell? Um, and then my thing was like, no, get up, get out in nature, get to swim. And then as I said to you when we recorded this the first time, I was wondering what it, what was wrong with everyone the first day because they were stuck in their stories, I think, whereas I was like, no, this is the moment for me. I'm like, I'm not going to let a shit sleep define my mood today and I'm going to, and because I didn't have anyone, like you said, to validate it so then it didn't become a reality, it didn't become my behaviour, I was in utter bliss, so much gratitude. Yeah, yeah, you were just amazing on retreat. I said this last time, like, you don't really know what's going on with people, but just from your um, trepidation the day before and, you know, um, knowing about you a little bit before and being like, and, you know, you sharing that, you know, this is so out of your comfort zone and this is so new and shitting yourself and like, why the fuck am I here? Yeah. Sharing <laughs> stuff in the opening circle and, and just like, you know, why the fuck am I here? And um, that can happen. And and then people carry that through, but just mm. to have that, 
you just did so well on the retreat. You were in bliss. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really intentional as well. And I think that's a big thing that I'm learning with like the rewiring of your brain and stuff is, you know, intentionally when you go into something, because I did the night before I cried, I was in my anxiety. I was, you know, all these things had worked myself up just like I did before a flight the other day. It's very pattern that I have if, when yeah. I'm feeling not safe, actually, like we talked about not feeling safe. And I remember just not, that's not how this retreat's going to go. This retreat is to connect in a way that I've never had before and the breakthroughs. And I think it was walking back from the very first night I was walking back and I had my thongs on and my, I was like, it felt like a kilometer. I'm not sure if it was a kilometer back to our, you know, to, to our beautiful um, cabins. My thong broke. Now, if I'd have been with other people walking through a bush, it was hot. There was bushfires all around us. If I was with someone else and my thong had broken, that would have been, like, again, that, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened and da, 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 like all these things and then project onto them and they tell me a story about when, how fucked up is that? And, right? and then all of a sudden you've got, you know, this, all these, this negativity around this one thing that happened to you. And that was what I realized in that moment was, wow, no, this is actually fine. Like I only have to walk up here. I've got no one to whinge to. I've got no one, you know, and I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy this whether I have one shoe on or not, you know? and what I realized even if, if I was with someone else, that wouldn't have happened. Yep. Yeah. So it was so powerful. Are you going into labor? No. She's like sitting here breathing deep here, guys. I know. I'm <laughs> like the, the tummy's moving. I'm like, oh, dear. No, I, I woke up really sore. Yeah, it's so interesting, the sleep thing, because we do speak about it on, on retreat, but sometimes I forget to mention it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the other day, like, didn't sleep at all during the night pain, pain, pain in my body, woke up grumpy because I didn't sleep. As soon as I got up, I had just the best energy. Like it's not, it's, there's something else going on. You know, there's a reality here. That's not the story that we're making of it. And I was like, Oh my God, I've just got the best energy. It doesn't matter if I slept. Yes. That's, you know, your body got another cycle going on. Just let it do what it wants. Be more of a witness than just this um, oh, I was about to swear. Just the, then, this fucking commentator all the time. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, witness. And I think that that was my biggest takeaway from the silent retreat. I will hundred percent do another one next year. Like I'm really keen to experience it again um, in a different Heidi. You know, in a different transformational Heidi, but. The reason why I wanted to talk about that on this podcast is because it does play such a big role in, you know, building confidence, unleashing confidence, because yeah. it's an understanding of yourself, which is what we talked about. Uh, and for me, my biggest motto is, you know, getting uncomfortable. That's where the, you know, that's where the growth has happened for me and the understanding of myself and putting myself in a really uncomfortable <laughs> situation, like not being able to talk. Um but the other thing, finally, that I'll say is I never felt so connected to people, actually, without yeah. having to talk to them. I felt connected to my the people around me in this really epic way that I've never experienced before, you know, yeah. without words, without stories, without the behaviours. It was, yeah, that was super powerful. Were you up in Jarrah? I think so, yes. With the- yeah, 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 yeah. 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 
Um, it's just amazing, isn't it? Everyone is so connected in silence to strangers in a mm. place that they came and is may- maybe uncomfortable. And there's just this love. And, you know, again, it's like there's a reality here behind all of those. Yeah. Theories. And needing to show up and speak and and because that I mean that's one of the the points of the silent retreat is that you're relating to life and everyone and yourself in a different way because mm. of the silence. Yeah, um, still in a very held, loving container where every you know it's not just it's not chaos. You know, it's quite organized and controlled. Yeah. And the um, food's amazing and, you know, the philosophy that you teach, the yoga, the meditation, um, everything was so beautiful where you stay. I know you're doing some new ones closer to Perth. Um, just before we wrap this up, question, are you going to be running them once you have baby? I'll run them all. I love them so much. Um, so, yeah, my my partner is um, – basically becoming a stay-at-home dad and he will um you know bring jasmine down and all breastfeed and things like that but actually this year i started to um get a second facilitator to support in some of the yoga classes and that has just been amazing i think you just missed it so just have two facilitators there so someone you know they've been trained by me and they're just amazing you know everyone loves them just have a bit someone different sometimes doing the yoga um, the yoga classes. So I still give all yeah. of the topics and the yeah. meditations. Um, so yeah, I'll have also an extra support because I just have no idea what happens with a newborn. I have you're, no and, and you're going to work it out. And it, for, I could sit here and tell you what's going to happen, but it's going to be different for you. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I just, I was telling Jared yesterday, I was like, I can't believe there's no formula, you know, you, there's no, all of the philosophies, there's really good philosophies out there. But in the end, the only formula I can think of, because with everything else, there's a system, there's a framework, there's a yeah. theory that that is, or some theories that are better than the other ones. Um, but it seems like the only way to navigate this will be to be getting a bit primal and instinctual and just listening and being adaptable. So yeah, I, I'll be running the retreats. Um, every month from February, so February, March, and and that. Oh my gosh, I'm so back. I'm in. I'm actually going to go look it up today after we get off and and check yeah. in. Plenty of room still. I think February's filling up, but plenty of room yeah. in the other ones. And um, yeah, some three day ones as well, which are a bit more accessible. And yeah, also, I, think I might Mark. do that one. Yeah, also in Marks because Denmark is yeah. five hours a five hour drive. So we're only going to do the seven one seven day seven yeah. day down in Denmark because it takes it's you know takes it out of you that big it does yeah it's so it's so powerful it's one of the best things that I ever did and you know for anyone yeah like for anyone I think that if you're ready to step into you know the next part of understanding yourself or you need to escape life you want some time out like it's so beautiful and actually the silent stuff becomes really easy because in everyday life we're like oh I've got to say thank you got to do this got to connect and we're doing everything for everyone else very quickly that becomes like oh great I don't need to talk to those people and I'm still connected to them yeah 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 that, it's a that's a great um introduction for for what it is really so- yeah Thanks for that, Heidi. Such a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) No, I love you. And thank you for re-recording with me. I know we did. Funnily, we did start dropping some F-bombs around the meditation stuff again. But the whole thing. 
<laughs> the whole thing we did it so I'm pretty impressed yeah. Yeah, very little I just I kind of just realized I was like oh we there's no we swearing. swear nearly as much <laughs> <laughs> and well, this is um, way better than the last chat I think I think oh this me is- too because there was just so much power in it and yeah and like I said just understanding myself just from living day to day of like what the actual transformation was yeah well thank you so much where can people find you i'll chuck it all in show notes but if they want to stalk you in the meantime yeah um i think maybe functional spirituality for like you said the podcast because it has yes i'll chuck a link meditations and then yeah these little topics just kind of unpacking it's like little trainings and things and then yeah silent retreats are great if you live in perth and maybe come check out the studio as well Yes. Oh, well, I love you all the best for the birth of Jasmine. I can't yes. wait to hear. How... <laughs> you better send me a message. I can't wait to hear. I can't wait to hear. And we'll get you back for season two. Amazing. Thanks so much, Heidi. I love you, my lady. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Champagne Confidence today. The only way we're going to unleash inner champagne confidence in other people around the world is by you getting around the show. So if you are loving it, I would be so grateful if you could hit follow on whatever podcast app you're listening to and leave us a review. It would mean the absolute world. And please come and introduce yourself. I hang out mainly on Instagram at underscore Heidi Anderson. Love you lots.